0: Hello everyone, I'm Rachel,
1: and I'm Isaac,
0: and you're listening to Let's Talk Avatar.
1: This podcast is a watch through of Avatar The Last Airbender.
0: We will be discussing each episode in detail and giving our opinions on it.
1: So stick around and be a part of the conversation.
0: Just as a warning, this episode does feature spoilers from Avatar The Last Airbender. This is a teen rated podcast, so listener discretion is advised. Podcast. My name is Rachel.
1: My name is Isaac.
0: And today we're gonna be discussing episodes nine through twelve from season two of Avatar the Last Airbender. I mean if if you don't know that by now, I don't know why why you listened to the podcast. Um anyway, uh we're just we're gonna jump right into this unless you have anything you'd like to preference preference,
1: preface. (laughs) I actually have a preference with these four episodes. (laughs) Um so yeah. First episode in this batch, episode nine, is titled Bitter Work.
0: Yes. And for a warning, before we do get into these, I do have, something we to have say. We have
1: so many warnings and like disclaimers.
0: <sighs> this one is where we're gonna the episodes are gonna get kinda boring. Isaac and I, the last two of this uh, of this of this group, I guess you could say, that we watched, were like it took all everything in us to focus and to watch what was going on. So we're finally at the point that we've been expecting, which is like the slower parts of it. I mean, there's still some action moments, don't get me wrong, but it's still kind of slow going.
1: I love these episodes. It's just hard to watch through, um, I guess, in order when you have so many episodes that are so plot driven. Mm -hmm. But um, anyway, so Bitter Work. It's basically about Aang...
0: Learning to earthbend from Toth.
1: Yeah, getting like his first earthbending lesson, would you say? Yeah. Like real lesson. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of just that the whole time. And then there's also the Zuko-Iroh storyline that's been going on this whole season as well.
0: It's kind of, it's, it's one of those episodes where it's a lot of what we've already been seeing just continued on with a little bit more detail. So I feel like there's really not much to cover in here. This is the episode with Foo Foo Cuddly Poops. Um, so. (laughs) Who
1: is like a duck. Saber tooth. Duck moose.
0: Yeah. Um, it's pretty cute. If you haven't seen episode nine of season two, check it out. Just for, um, Foo Foo Cuddly Poops.
1: One thing we can say is Zuko and Aang are kind of in the same spot mentally. Yeah,
0: yeah And definitely. almost physically. They're going through kind of the same uh, the same issues right now. The a same bit of, like storms. defeat. Yeah. So it's really interesting to see the two extremes. I don't want to say they're extremes because they're not. I mean, at one point they were, but now they're getting... Cl- it's it's kind of like they're, they're facing the same kind of challenges mentally, but they're going to get to a point that we'll see moving forward where they're kind of at the same spot, which is really interesting. I never noticed that before. Um, You do see a little more of Toph's character in this, too, where you get to see that more rough exterior that we already know about Toph, but you get to see more of it. And it's funny because you have a moment where Katara's like, hey, Toph. Aang learns more by like positive affirmations and and being happy and Toph's like thanks for letting me know and then does the complete opposite because that's her and it was just one of those moments that really cracks you up because it's totally Toph and Katara's characters.
1: But what Katara doesn't realize is that maybe Toph's rough exterior is a good thing for Aang because you don't want you don't want multiple of the same teacher you know? Yeah. You part of learning and having teachers is so that they can teach you different things. Whether that means their different personalities come through or they teach you like different bending styles, stuff like that, you know? Well,
0: and uh, your bending has a lot to do with your personality or your personality has a lot to do with the bending style you have. So it makes sense for Aang to be taught the way that he's going to have to bend, you know? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> That's that's all I think we're going to cover for episode no, 9.
1: No, I have something. So it's called Bitter Work, and I barely realized this. I mean, obviously, it's Bitter Work because Earthbending's hard to do, and Zuko's learning Lightning Bending with oh, Iroh, right. but it's also called Bitter Work because Aang and Zuko at the same time are learning, um, I guess, the foundation of the elements and what they mean, to bend them and what it takes to bend them.
0: A really cool moment that I'd, I'd like to point out is, okay, Iroh's just, he's funny, but he's also so wise in a lot of different aspects. And there's a moment where he tells Zuko, where he says, you know, you have to have respect from, for all the elements and you have to learn something from each of them. And he said, that's why, oh, and then he's like, that just sounds like avatar talk is what Zuko says. And I was like, well, there's a reason the avatar is the avatar and it's because they can balance all four elements. And he said, you can do the same thing, which is so true. Each one of those benders, <laughs> that sounds weird to say.
1: Sounds like... <laughs> Bender the robot. I
0: know, that's what it reminded <laughs> me of. Each of them are able to learn something. Even though they can't bend every element, they're able to take something from every element and um, add that to their style. And I think that's what's so great about Iroh is you can tell that he's learned um, from his mistakes and he's grown by learning different techniques from each bending style.
1: Yeah, that's almost that's exactly what I took away from this. It's kind of like um, you have to fail like failure is part of success if Mm -hmm. that makes sense um no one's gonna have like a perfect success story there's always gonna be that rough patch or multiple rough patches so that's kind of what I took away from it and um it just came from Iroh which is like I think he's honestly the most wisest character in the show so I'm glad that they went with his kind of I don't know teaching I -hmm. guess so is that it for bitter work
0: yeah the next episode episode 10 the library this one literally made me cry ask Isaac my eyes were welling <laughs> up I've never felt this way about this episode but for some reason this one hit me completely different to a point where they when they even showed the like um backstory the, no the when they went on to the next episode and showed the oh, the previously the, like, on yeah the previous episodes kind of highlights I almost cried again, too, because I was like, stop showing that. My heartstrings were pulled so much in a way that they had never been pulled, at least with that episode. So, like I said before, this one's called The Library. It is basically, uh, well, they're they're starting out by going, they're having vacations. Each of them get to choose where they want a vacation. And Katara ends up choosing, is it Misty, Misty Spring or Misty Palm Springs? Oasis? Owa- something like that. I can't remember what it's called. Um, so they end up going there. It is not anything like they imagined or what they had heard it was like. But they um, meet this... Um... Oh, what is he? Why can't I think of the word?
1: He's like a um, pathologist?
0: No, there's like paleontologist dinosaurs. Um, not- <laughs> it, It's
1: not a historian. He's like a... He just finds relics and... Like a and...
0: geographer. <laughs> no. Wow,
1: where we... You can tell like we're a not. Histor-
0: no. What is he? It's like,
1: it's like a sub.
0: I know. People, genre. I know. Of- people are gonna comment on this. And be like, are you guys idiots? This yeah, is what it's like, called. We
1: already know we're idiots for this, but okay. like,
0: we can't remember what it is. First of all, keep in mind too. Um, hold on. Maybe he is a paleontologist. Um. Okay. So we figured it out. <laughs> it's,
1: it's- we had to take a short break, guys.
0: <laughs> it's uh anthropologist. We got it. Um, but they meet this anthropologist who talks about, uh, a library with all, any, anything you want to learn about in the Avatar universe is in this library. And so they're like, well, we want to go there. And they end up taking Opa because walking there would just be way too long. So the, they go on Opa with this anthropologist, arrive at the library, and they realize that it's like partly sunken into the, in, um, sand, So they can't, they're trying to figure out ways to get in. They were worried that there was going to be sand on the inside, but it's literally just on the outside of the library. So they were able to go in with no sand or or have any issues.
1: I'm just going to say, I love this because again, it's like Avatar universe taking reference from real world. So like in the Sahara desert in Cairo, Egypt, obviously everyone knows about the Sphinx and the pyramids. Well, those were actually recently in terms of like history dug up. So they were almost like completely buried in the sand, which is crazy because it makes you wonder what else is buried in the sand, mm-hmm. but um, I just thought that was cool. Like the library is so huge once they get in it, but the only part that's showing is like that little tower, spire thing.
0: Yeah. It reminds me of a, like a hidden treasure in a way too, so it's kind yeah. of exciting when national you come up on it. National treasure. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Nation, national treasure, yes.
1: Avatar crossover. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh God. I'd watch it. <laughs> Um, so anyway, they go into this library, Toph and Appa, obviously Appa can't go in and Toph, he big know, boy. Toph is blind so she can't really read so there's no point in her going into the library so she's like, um, I'm just gonna ha- hang out here and then Aang's like, okay Appa, you can just hang out here with Toph. So Which they, is
1: probably the smart thing to do, to yeah, have like a lookout.
0: Yeah, a lookout with no eyes. Keep in mind too, That's hold on. True. She's blind and she feels by vibrations in the ground, but on sand, there's it sinks, so there's really no vibrations well, that you can so, feel. Well, it's
1: so it's so um grainy, it's so like it's so unstable, unstable. So
0: she can't really feel what's around her. It's like she it's it's she says everything's fuzzy to her, which makes sense. Yeah, because like it's sand.
1: You look at Minecraft, and the only blocks that have gravity are sand and gravel. So like I'd imagine if she was on gravel. Be <laughs> the same
0: thing. I just really love how you reference Minecraft in the middle of Avatar I have and my two favorite universes coming together. Um. Anyway, back to Avatar timeline. Um. They go into this library and there's uh an owl who is the um like protector, I guess, of you of the library. He has he knows all things. Why He's am I all knowing?
1: Why am I blinking on his name? Oh, his name. It's um um. It's not long. It's not long thing because that guy comes into it in bossing a say.
0: Hold on, we're looking it up again. Hold on,
1: guys. Short break.
0: (laughs) Okay, we got it, guys. Wan Shi Tong. That was his name. (laughs) I knew it was.
1: It started with a W. Can you tell
0: that we really just were? I mean, we were watching, but we weren't picking up on like names and stuff. Obviously. Okay, but anyway, um, they meet this owl who is all knowing. Is the protector of this library, and so knows everything within it and they pretty much come in contact with them he doesn't want them there because the previous people who happen to be general zhao ruined it like that's the reason it's under it's in the sand partly what
1: a dumb
0: but like it's wan shi tong right yes wan shi tong <laughs> Like he was saying is the only reason people want to go to the library and learn is to defeat an opponent. Not to learn because they really want to, but because they want to take someone down.
1: Yeah, he was talking about human nature is so competitive.
0: Yeah, and you can tell he doesn't care about who's right, who's wrong. He just wants people to learn and to to want to learn on that basic level. Level of wanting to learn, of craving knowledge, not because you want to defeat someone else or get an upper, upper hand, but because you truly love learning. And so then they're like, "No, we really just want to learn. We're not here to like, you know, do anything in that in that kind of way." So he's like, "Okay, well, you, you need to give me something of worth." So they all hand over something. Like Katara hands over her water bending scribe. Um, the anthropologist hands over something else. They all hand over something. But anyway. They end up being allowed to walk through the library, and while they're in the library, they find out that during a solar eclipse, the Fire Nation loses their fire bending abilities. So because of that, they're able to know, like, hey, this is our time to attack because they won't have their bending powers. Um, but... While all that's going on, Sokka says something like, yes, we can defeat him now. And the owl hears and realizes, wow, you guys lied to me. You broke my trust. You really are trying to get the upper hand on someone.
1: Okay, that was kind of creepy, Rachel. What? You were, like, staring at me. You're like, wow, you guys really broke my trust. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I'm just You trying. were channeling your I was inner one the tom. owl um anyway so he goes to uh attack them so they start running but Sokka realizes like hey we need to go they find this um calendar it's not a calendar it's like a solar uh
1: it's a planetarium
0: <sighs> yes but what's that thing called why can't I remember what it's called man we're so bad with this a episode. dial it's like a little dial thing that tells you like it's like a calendar in a way but ancient calendar yeah
1: like an ancient think like Mayan yeah calendar. like think like
0: Mayan calendar times so, they, really, they, they figure out Saka and Aang. 2012,
1: we ain't dead yet.
0: That makes me think it's some kind of conspiracy I have to tell you about later. That sounds really stupid. Okay, anyway. Saka <laughs> um, <laughs> and Aang figure out when the next solar eclipse is going to be. Is it solar or lunar? It's solar. Solar. Okay, it's the solar eclipse is going to be. And then Qatar is trying to save this... Um, anthropologist who just literally is sitting around with books
1: yeah he's like oh he's my like, god I don't books. care alright. I'm gonna cream there's so many and books and keep in
0: mind while all this is going on it's sinking into the sand the library that I was like none of you guys can leave and so then you have Appa and so- Sokka Appa and Toph outside and this is where it got me Toph is literally, she can't stabilize herself that well on the sand, but she's doing everything she can to stop this library from sinking. And then on, and there's sandbenders we forgot to mention earlier that you meet and you don't really think anything of them, but they come back and they, they come to the library and they steal Oppa. So Toph has that moment where she has to choose to either save her friends or to save Oppa. And her and Appa, you can tell like they've had their bonding moments. And there's a moment where she's literally, Oppa's being taken and she's, trying to like fight them off while hold up the tower and it's not working and she has her hand on the building finally and realizes i'm gonna need to save them and she goes i'm sorry appa and, and that the tears moment, just
1: start rushing oh, down her face
0: i was like oh my gosh it wasn't even that moment that moment pulled on my heartstrings but there's another moment that gets me but anyway so long story short they end up getting out of the library they end up getting out looking at toff and they're like Toph, Aang's like where's appa and and she has her hands down like looking down and her hands over her ears and she's shaking her head no and she's you could tell she is so so distraught and that's where i cried i was like look at she literally was such a little girl in that moment of like you could tell she felt so bad and she even tells him like i had no choice you know and there's a moment where Aang's like how is that the next episode where he's it is the next episode we'll get into that part here next, because it's literally the next episode. Actually, we'll just start there, because was there anything else you wanted to say about this episode?
1: Um, other than the architecture of the library, I'm more of, like, a visual person, so I was, like...
0: It is pretty cool.
1: I loved the architecture, the different hallways, how expansive it was.
0: Oh, by the way, the anthropologist ends up staying in the library. I don't even know yeah. what his name is.
1: Which, if you guys have seen Cora, and we will do a whole other... Uh, section on this podcast about Quora, you would know something about the anthropologist later on.
0: Um, yes. So, on to episode 11, I believe. It is called, um... The this Desert. Is the Desert. That's right.
1: This is a classic episode.
0: This episode is pretty much like, um, we don't have Oppa, so we're gonna, we can't fly. We're gonna have to walk through the desert, kind of thing. Hence the reason it's called The Desert. But there was, this is the one thing I want to talk about. In the very beginning, it kind of takes off where they last were at. And keep in mind, the library sunk completely under the ground now. And so you see Toph sitting there. And Aang's like, how could you let this happen? How could you let Appa get stolen? And she's literally there, like, almost in tears, saying, like, I had no choice. It was either I saved you or Appa. And he's like, well, why didn't he? And the thing is, is you could tell that he's upset. But you're also thinking, like, Aang. Keep like put yourself in her shoes, and she's trying to explain herself. Like it's sand. I can't. I didn't hear them coming. I didn't know what to do. And Katara comes up to her. This is a moment where I'm like, Mom, Katara, do your thing. Mommy,
1: Katara.
0: She tells Aang. She's like, uh What? She did all she could. Like fighting about it's not gonna solve anything. She literally did all she could, and it was that moment. Where it was like Toph needed a mom and Katara was the mom there for her.
1: I'm going to play devil's advocate. Um, Aang going through a lot right now.
0: Yeah, he is. Like get that. And you can't that. deny that. I'm not going to deny that, but I'm just We just, just saying...
1: watched Bitter Work.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: And you would know.
0: <laughs> it was just one of those moments where Toph is such uh, like, she is such a hard shell and she's such a tough character. That this moment really got to me because it was like, Wow there's a little girl in there like she really is at the core of herself a, just a little innocent girl and, and that moment really portrayed that
1: yeah this whole
0: i think this is a moment too um sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you this moment i think is a moment where i mean katara and Toph always have their differences but this is a moment where i think they both realize like we need to be here for each other and yeah. Toph realizes that Katara is maybe not as bad as she always she is you and know? vice versa yeah
1: <laughs> and then Sokka about it, makes
0: a comment too and I'm like Saka. yeah shut Sokka's up. just
1: there to add like extra whatever this is he also does also the
0: cactus juice episode if you don't know what that means we'll get into that in just a second
1: <laughs> um actually talking about it now I'm realizing that something that avatar does really well is to like arguments within characters they both have valid reasons for their arguments you know?
0: Yeah, if you were on either side, you could understand feeling the way that they feel.
1: And you have to factor in that they're literal teenagers. And mm-hmm. Toph is, like, what, 12? Yeah. She's, she's just... not even, like, a full teenager yet. Neither so... is Aang. Yeah. So they're, like, really young kids. And they're having to deal with these issues. So I just like the fact that they make it realistic in, in the way that you can tell. Or you could just, like, you could see both sides.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely. Even
1: even if you sway one way, you can still see the other side.
0: Um, so this episode continues with them going through the desert. Um, they're obviously even more irritable because they have no water. They're literally drinking Katara's nasty, muddy, <sighs> bending water. Um, Sokka comes across this cactus, cuts it open, and drinks the water. Him and Momo drink the water, and obviously... This cactus juice is a little more than just juice. Some
1: psychedelic yeah, stuff. Yeah,
0: exactly. Which is where you get we get a lot of the memes or um, gifts of Sokka doing his really like weird. The stuff. An-
1: oh also the animation you can tell it was storyboarded by a different group of people, or Definitely. different person. I actually kind of liked this style because it was a lot more um, expressive. You could tell they were pushing, especially with um, the cactus juice scene where you can literally see Sokka and Momo, like, (laughs) get high, basically. Um, They kind of, like, do that camera change and, like, stretch the proportions of the character's eyes. It's just, it was, like, funny to watch.
0: Yeah. Um, On the other side of this is uh, Zuko and Iroh again. And they make their way to the... Is it the Misty Palm Oasis or something like that? Yeah, I think that's what it's called. Um, They end up there. And uh, for those that... I don't know if this is something we should mention now. It is mentioned in this episode, the White Lotus.
1: Yeah, that's a big part of it.
0: I don't want to give too much away because they don't give too much away in this episode. But Iroh knows people. They kind of have a secret society. And the way they communicate is through this White Lotus... um, What's it called? Paiyo. Pai show. Pai show. It's like a game that they play, and it's part of this. They're um, like game
1: pieces. Yeah,
0: it's like a game piece, but it's a white lotus on it, and so they have this secret society, um, and they use this white lotus to communicate with each other.
1: Which that secret society is actually based off of a real Chinese society back in ancient times. Yeah. Which I think is really cool.
0: It is really cool. Um, but they end up helping each other because. Where Zuko and him need to get somewhere, and I can't remember what it is. They have the Fire Nation after them again, so they're trying to escape. They not only have the Fire Nation, but they have um, Toph's father's people oh, he yeah. sent after
1: them. His, his, like, soldier, I don't know.
0: Well, they're not going after... Well, they're going after Toph, but they see that the Fire Nation is willing to pay a good lump sum for Iroh and Zuko. So they come across to Iroh and Zuko, and so they start chasing them. So um this episode is pretty much it's just one of those episodes where it obviously moves the plot along along but it's just kind of boring Not to, like there's some interesting parts but for the most part it's kind of like oh okay let's get some action going you know which
1: i wasn't too mad about because obviously they don't have appa right now so it's they can't get anywhere quickly Especially yeah. in an expansive good, desert. They do
0: a, a good job keeping it real and not making it unrealistic. Like, oh, well, we'll find another way to get there without Appa. No, no,
1: no. They actually did find another way. That's right. They found um, the Sandbender boats.
0: Oh, no. Well, they do. But, but I'm that was saying,
1: like way later. Yeah.
0: I, they weren't just all of a sudden like, we're going to teleport through this magical portal that yeah, happens to be They here. weren't
1: fast traveling. Exactly.
0: <laughs> um, but that's pretty much... I mean, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to say about this episode?
1: Uh, other, again, other than the visual things, like, I think it's cool that they're in a desert. They haven't really explored that until now. Yeah,
0: that's true. I like that we're getting a lot of different sceneries already because we've seen, uh, you know, like, the different water tribes, even air temples. And now we're getting some more, like, earthy, um tribal stuff going on
1: which props to the background artist because that is like a job and a half and the earth kingdom has like they're going to Bossing say which is in the very corner mm-hmm. of the earth kingdom and you have all this land with different geography and different like um just different land or forest or stuff like that so props to the background artist because they have to draw and paint all of those different sceneries and I don't even know how you do it like
0: yeah that's that's crazy so the next episode is episode 12 it is what's it called
1: serpents pass
0: and this one so the dvd set we have is kind of weird i we believe that this is probably like a part two like one and two so
1: this is probably based off of when they aired them
0: yeah that's what we're we're thinking because of the way they're lumped together in the disc
1: yeah so this is like part one of two like rachel was saying Um, I believe it's The Serpent's Pass, which is the one we watched and we're Mm going to talk about right now. And then The Drill...
0: Yeah, the drills the next episode, which was which is where we will start next week. So we might reference to this episode again just because it's a part one, part two series. Yeah,
1: it was kind of weird to end it here when plus we didn't even know that it was a part yeah, we one and two.
0: We had no idea it was even a, a part one or two till we got to it, and we're so confused for a second. We're like, wait, did we watch? We watched at least four episodes, but anyway, to get jump like jumping into this episode, um, this is where uh Suki comes back into it if you don't remember Suki she's from early on um in Kiyoshi Island right
1: she's yeah. a Kiyoshi
0: warrior and her and Sokka kiss well she kissed him on the cheek right no did they actually I think they act. did they kiss maybe they just kissed on the cheek I don't remember at the end it it's kind of like your his first peek into like liking a girl i felt like and then he got with Yue, and then she died and now Suki's back so anyway
1: <laughs> she died
0: um they end up coming across i don't honestly i don't even remember how they got to Suki if i'm being completely honest
1: okay so they made it to serpent's pass but there was also so there was like the area where if you were rich and you had money you could pay to just go through yeah, that's the right. normal way or you could go for free on the serpent's pass Mm-hmm. But the Serpent's Pass is like... It's called one the
0: Serpent's Pass for a reason. Yeah, it's
1: one of the most dangerous passes in the mm-hmm. entire world. It's like Avatar. mountain
0: range, and then there's like an open area where it looks like ships can come in and out. And so there's an open area where you literally would have to swim across yeah. to get to the other part.
1: There's no bridges, the nothing. So, and then you have this serpent in the middle that's just waiting for people. Yeah,
0: but they don't know... What why it's called Serpent's Pass. So they don't even know that there's a serpent there.
1: But, like I was saying, um, Suki actually works in that kind of border area where people could choose to go to the Serpent's Pass or just go through the normal route. Oh, that's She's one of the right. guards she there. Run,
0: yeah, she runs up to Sokka and she kisses him and is like, oh, is this familiar? And he's like, Suki. I've always been a fan of Suki. I think She's Suki, just a
1: wholesome character. She,
0: I think, is one of the best uh, like side characters in the entire story in the entire avatar universe i've always liked suki from the very beginning yeah um she's definitely one of those people that's like a powerful woman and so secure in herself that you don't ever feel like she has to be like prove herself you know
1: yeah there's no there's no um like feeling less than there's a definite
0: moment in here that isaac and i literally laughed out loud because we were like relatable oh yeah Tough in her oh so
1: they meet this this uh couple it's this um,
0: She's pregnant. A yeah. pregnant woman and her husband, I'm assuming. And I think there's... Is there someone else with them or is it just them? I
1: think it's it's just them. But then they also have a bunch of other people, other families that they're um, bringing through this pass.
0: No, it's just them, I think.
1: Um. So, I don't know about that. Rachel thinks it's just a couple... Now I'm starting to rethink it.
0: I think it's, I think it is just a couple. Sorry, but I'm adjusting I, my chair if that's I, what you hear.
1: Okay, let's just, yeah.
0: I think it's just a couple. Maybe one other person.
1: Okay, so we just looked it up. Um, it's just <laughs> a refugee okay, family. Can I
0: just say the amount of times we've had to stop and look something up is astronomical at this point. <laughs>
1: Oh, it's We've been... been in
0: okay. This quarantine's hitting us hard. We've been inside too long.
1: Yeah. Um. <laughs> shout out to everyone in quarantine right now. Like I, it's rough.
0: We're feeling you. Actually, this is our normal life, so we're really not doing much. Yeah. Anything but... else, but still, it makes us feel like just knowing we can't do stuff makes us feel like claustrophobic in some ways. I guess. Yeah. Like we're trapped. Um. Uh, but it's really not that bad.
1: But we're trying to get these out and record them, so. You guys People. have
0: something to listen to?
1: Yeah, so it's not just, like, gloom and doom. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, let's get back to Avatar. Okay. <laughs> something that's probably more happier.
0: Um, so, we're gonna say it's a family, a mom and dad, and she's pregnant. So... The crew ends up helping them get, um, to Bossing. It's Bossing say that they're trying to get to, isn't it? Yeah. So they're going to help them get through Bossing State, but obviously they have to get through the Serpent's Pass.
1: Oh, we forgot to mention, um, Jet runs into Zuko, Zuko and Iroh, and, Iro, and they kind of band together. They make an agreement, kind of like a pack, and, um, they end up traveling to Bossing State on a ship. hmm So while the gang is traveling through Serpent's Pass... They actually see Zuko's boat passing as well. Yeah. So they're kind of in the same They've area. They've kind of been
0: following each other kind of close by for the past few yeah. episodes. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, they're walking through. They get to that point in Serpent's Pass where it's they're going to have to get across the water. Uh, Katara ends up clearing a way for them to walk into the water and uh, Zuko Aang ends up helping her and they kind of encase kind of they do encase the entire crew in like a bubble so they're underwater completely submerged but they're in a bubble so they can still breathe and they're just walking Momo goes out gets a fish and then all of a sudden you see the huge serpent and it cuts through their bubble and they the water starts to race in and Toph ends up raising them up from the uh floor the the floor of the water and brings them up to the top and they end up seeing this serpent and they're like oh that's why it's called serpent's pass um and then ang ends up having katara take everyone over to the other side and he distracts the serpent
1: um i have a question if anyone wants to answer it after listening to this episode why is suki only an episode with serpents
0: but she's i mean she's not she ends up, like, being in more episodes, remember? But every
1: episode there's a serpent. She's, She's in. in.
0: Yeah, true. I don't know. I don't know if
1: that means anything. I don't think it does. But, you know... It's interesting. It's interesting, and Avatar likes to do that a lot, where they, like, throw little things here and there that could or could not mean something. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs>
0: um, so, they end up getting to the other side. Although Toph is, like, on this rock. She's like, um, that's okay, I'll stay here where I can see. And, and Katara made, like, an ice path. So that's how everyone else got to the other side. And they're like, Toph, you have to, like, run. Just go. And she starts going. And then she ends up falling in the water and is like, help. I don't know how to swim. Help me. And then Suki jumps in, grabs her, and then lifts her up. And and then um, Toph goes, oh, Sokka, thank you so much. And kisses Suki on the cheek. And she goes, uh, not Sokka. I mean. And then... Toph says, okay, you can go ahead and let me drown now. <laughs> and we Most just relatable
1: laugh. character right there. It was one right of those there. moments where
0: you're like, man, the cringe and embarrassment Toph had in that moment. We all would have wanted to drown right there. But it was, and what I think is really cool is there's also a moment before they go on Serpent's Pass where um, the moon's in the background, conveniently, and Sokka and um, Suki go to kiss. And then he's like, no. I, like, I don't want to do this kind of thing. And I think it's mainly because obviously the moon's there for the purpose of representing Yue and he still dealing with that. Uh, but Suki is probably, uh, she's so understanding and she's like, you know, I'm sorry. And he's like, no, it sounded like he said you should be, but yeah. I think he said you shouldn't be <laughs> yeah, because of the way that it went from that point on. But obviously Suki and Sokka have feelings for each other, you know? And so for Toph to be like, oh, Sokka, you saved my life. It's not like Suki I'm, like, gets jealous or is like, oh, I'm going to be against Toph because she probably thinks that or has a crush on Sokka, which I don't know as a girl, that's what I, that's where my mind would have gone, but she doesn't do that. And it's just, I think one of the reasons why I, I like Suki even more because she's just such a like down to earth, um, just genuinely wants the best for people kind of person.
1: If you didn't like Suki before, which I don't know why you wouldn't, this episode... Um... I feel like, in my opinion, solidifies the fact that she's, like, the most well-rounded character. Mm-hmm. You know, like, she's the most mentally stable. That might be due to because she is a Kiyoshi warrior and she's trained her whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I think she's the oldest in the group.
0: I don't
1: know. I don't know. She's, like, mature.
0: Um, it's, it's hate- a, I'm going to wrap this up real quick because we're going pretty long. Um, and the guitar ends up delivering a baby because she's done that plenty of times oh, before, yeah. I guess.
1: The they get past Serpent's Pass and they're like, Oh,
0: but she's having a baby. The, the so- woman's
1: like, Oh my god, and you literally you don't see it obviously, but like it feels like you're watching a baby being birthed in a kid's show and you're just like, Okay. And Guitar's
0: like, I helped Grand Grand deliver plenty of babies. I can do this, and then like how old is she? Fourteen? Fifteen?
1: Okay, but think about Delivers
0: it. Delivers a baby? The I southern know. Southern Water tribe. Okay, but I'm just saying, like, she's like, all right, the baby's here. And then she tells Aang to come in after the baby's delivered. And Aang's and like... she goes, oh, look, have- Aang,
1: this is what we could have when we're older.
0: This is what we're <laughs> going to have in a few years. No. Um, Aang ends up crying, looking at the baby, and tells the parents, like... This baby, like, this baby, I-, I was, I was so hopeless, but this baby gave me hope and they end up naming the baby Hope. Wow. What a-
1: Wow, inspiration! Wow. They're
0: like, this baby seems gonna be Hope. So Aang, after seeing this baby Hope, is inspired once again. This baby Hope? <laughs> this Hope of a baby? Wow. Hope is bringing inspiration to Aang. So then he says, I'm gonna go save Appa and him and Momo take off to Bossing Say, and that's where we end this episode.
1: Um, who is your favorite character so far? Wow, (laughs) that was fast.
0: I mean, she's a side character, so I don't want to, like, I really like her character. Um, but she's probably my favorite right now, honestly.
1: Yeah. Mine's probably gonna be Hope. (laughs) (laughs) Baby Hope, really? Baby Hope helped? (laughs) If it weren't for Baby
0: Hope, Aang would have been depressed the rest of his life.
1: Can that be like a running meme on this podcast now, guys? Like, baby, baby hope,
0: <laughs> baby hope, hold but me I believe, up.
1: But I believe baby hope, hope can, can save, save the, the world. Day. Save the, the, day? Day. the day, just just the day.
0: I believe that baby hope can save the world. Listen, like, baby hope's
1: just a baby. She can only save the day. She can't really save me, the world. Katara,
0: me and me and my brother Sokka, delivered baby hope, and we knew that she would save the world. I'm going to make a new monologue, and it's going to be about Baby
1: Hope. I mean, technically, you could think of Aang as being in a womb because he was like in a iceberg. He was like in a circular. I don't know. Where am I going with this? Anyways, I don't know. Oh, uh, this ran on for too long. <sighs> um, my favorite character right now, obviously Baby Hope. Um, close second is probably still going to be Iroh. Ooh, j- just good because. One. He's so influential to everyone. And wise. And wise. And he literally, like, teaches people every episode.
0: Yeah. And the thing is, is he's not just teaching off of uh, things that he's heard. It's stuff he's actually experienced in his life.
1: Yeah, it's, like, real hardcore experience. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why he's so good at it. Because it is true experience. And he's
0: been on both sides. He's been where Zuko is, where he's just filled with anger and, like, evil... And now he's reached this other side where he's, you know, like spiritual and very open to what's around him.
1: Oh, we forgot to mention, but the beginning of Bitter Work, the first episode we watched in this um, slew of episodes, Iroh is actually putting flowers on his son's grave.
0: Yeah, but that was just a dream. Remember, because this takes this um, takes place after um, what's her name. Azula.
1: Baby Hope. Baby
0: Hope hurts him. <laughs> you thought Baby Hope brought hope? No. she bringing bring in the fire. This episode
1: has to be called Baby Hope now. Like. <laughs> this
0: one's gonna be Baby Hope. Baby Hope. If you listen to this, to this entire episode and you're listening to this part right Take now. Take a
1: shot every time we say Baby Hope. No.
0: Baby Hope Baby Hope Baby Hope. I'm just <laughs> kidding. Um, comment below Baby Hope but put Baby Hope put Baby all lowercase Hope all uppercase. Yes. Is that a heart emoji?
1: Yes. Then
0: we know who the real
1: ones are. Please. You are a real one if you know you Baby Hope. You are a real
0: one if you know Baby Hope. We're going to get shirts made that say Baby Hope. <laughs> All right. We need to end this episode. Yeah, we need it's to going end it. too
1: far. Um, anyways, I'm Isaac. I'm Rachel. And we will see you next week with another batch of episodes.
0: Bye. Bye.
1: Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Let's Talk Avatar. I'm Isaac.
0: And I'm Rachel.
1: You can find us on our website at nonessentialmedia.com.
0: On Instagram under nonessentialmedia.
1: On Twitter at nonessentialm.
0: And on Facebook by searching nonessentialmedia. Join us next week for another episode of Let's Talk Avatar. We love love you, baby baby Hope. hope.